The Big Footy Port Adelaide podcast is proudly sponsored by New Vision. My team, Kanda, power. I love the power. power, power. I love the power. power, power. Hi everyone, Macca19 here and this is the Big Footy Port Adelaide podcast live on Port Fan Radio. Joining me as co-host is the Mighty Rick. How are you, mate? Mate, yeah, I'm fantastic. What about you? Yeah, pretty good, mate. Pretty dreary awesome. outside, but uh, pretty good weekend for Port Adelaide. What an awesome weekend for Port Adelaide. The Butch. The Butch. What a huge, what a huge effort. Our He's man. back. He's back. New kicking action and everything. That's it. What a gun. I'm excited. That's it. And look, joining us on the podcast this evening is a man who I thought had just about his best game for Port Adelaide on the weekend, cool. Jackson Trengo. Uh, thanks for having me, boys. <laughs> Thanks awesome. for coming on. Uh, look forward to it, boys. Obviously, the cold weather's no good, but uh, hopefully it dries up before Thursday night's game. That's a, uh, that must be a big rap for you, Jackson. Uh, Craig Dimmer giving you such a uh, an applause, applause there. Best game yeah, for Port Adelaide. Got a bit flustered there, Rick. Yeah. It's, uh, <laughs> uh, obviously, it's, it's good to be in some good form. Um, Obviously, it was uh, it was very pleasing to get the win on um, Friday night in front of a big crowd. Obviously, the conditions probably held a few away, but I think it was thirty seven or thirty eight thousand. So it was it's good for the boys to play four quarters, and hopefully, um, you know, we see lots more of that footy in the second half of this year. I thought it was a great crowd, from considering the uh, conditions. To be honest, I thought thirty eight, nearly thirty eight thousand, was a great effort. And, uh, how was the noise? Still noticeable out there? Yeah, it's always loud, mate. I think any time we get over thirty thousand, I think it's a, you know, we've got one of the loudest supported base. I think, um, you know, thirty thousand plus, it's a, it's a big roar in there. And yeah, as you mentioned, thirty-eight thousand in in wet conditions and and Friday night. Um, you know, I reckon if it was a dry day, we would have got you know close to fifty, which would have been exciting. But um, not to be, mate. The weather well held a few away, but hopefully this Thursday we can bring a big crowd again and and get a hopefully another strong um, performance by the boys. Yeah, absolutely. Well, it's been about a month since we last spoke. How have you seen the form of the side, and I guess your own uh, personal form as well? Uh, it's, I think the the boys have been playing some um, reasonably good footy. I think probably the the one letdown was obviously that Fremantle game where we we didn't travel very well over there, and um, yeah, put up a, a pretty average performance, which I think we we all would have been pretty disappointed with. But um, other than that, I thought the you know the boys' form's been you know pretty strong. I thought against Western Bulldogs, we were. We were very solid uh, and lost a game that you know we were, were in right to the end and, and uh, you know could have won and obviously on the weekend uh, against Richmond it was another good performance. Yeah. Jackson, um, I guess over the last two years our our close game results haven't really uh, gone in our way. Um, I don't have the exact stats on me, but I know we've I know we've lost a lot more than we've won. What do you what do you think we need to do? Is it just more practice and more game scenario practice and those sort of things and and just more confidence and belief in ourselves. Yeah, I think we've lost a you know even this year we've lost a few games by only a couple of goals. I mean we're probably not playing good enough footy to, to be winning those games. But I think you know against the the Bulldogs it was sort of um, you know each way each team could have won it at, at certain stages. I mean they're a quality opposition as well. So I think if you sort of bring that effort and that you know um, willingness to compete and, and even if you do lose a, a close game I think you can actually be proud of your performance where I think in games this year we we haven't turned up and, and we can't be proud of what we've we've dished up but yeah as, you, as your question is I think it's just practice and, and getting in those positions more often and, and working out what your teammates do in those situations where we can where we can get over the line Sure once again, we've asked some uh, questions on the forum. Um, Bomber Clifford wants to know, um, have you got a taste for being a full-time ruckman now and uh, how's the body holding up? Yeah, I've, I mean, I've played for six or seven weeks in there now, so starting to get a real taste for for being a, a full-time ruckman. Um, body's terrific. I think this season's touched wood. It's, it's probably been a you know, injury up to, injury interrupted um, season, which has been good. And obviously in the pre-season, um, you know, I was able to get through a lot of work there as well. So... Um, yeah, as, as a full-time ruckman, I'm really enjoying it. Um, enjoying the different role, the position. Obviously, we're we're winning, uh, you know, in some really really good areas with the clearances and, and ground balls and, and tackles and pressure, which has been really good for for us as a group, as a midfield group, which is um, you know allows allowing us to be in a lot more games than, than what we uh, were early on in the year. Do you reckon um, 
with this experience in the ruck, I'm assuming that you'll, you know, once Lobie and, and Ryder's back, you'll go back to defence. Is there things that you've learned from playing in the ruck and in the centre, though, that you'll be able to take back into the defensive half of the of the side? Oh, probably not, mate, to be honest. It's a, it's a totally different position, um, you know, down back. Even the way, you you know, you got to run and, and, and your body um, handles the... The um, the position I think it's just totally different. I mean the experience has been has been great. Um, yeah, it'd be interesting to see what Kenny does in in a couple of weeks when Lobes um, you know comes back through the sandford. As I uh, sort of mentioned today, it's probably you know if I'm playing good footy in there, you know I'd like to stay in there and keep playing that good footy. But um, you know time will tell. Yeah. Um, Sleazy has asked the question: um, Since you become the number one ruckman, what do you think the team has learned about how we play our best football? And do you think we thrive on being the hunter as opposed to the hunted? Uh, yeah, a couple of good questions there. First, first one, I think you know the boys have, uh, uh, you know, once I was in the ruck, we we basically, you know, were losing more hitouts, and and we we focused our footy about the the hunt and and um, obviously ground balls and clearances and then tackles and um, you know those areas have um, gone up quite um, rapidly, which has been good for us as a side because. You know, though we're not winning the hitouts, it doesn't really, you know, matter as long as we're getting the ball going our way and, and getting our first hands on it. So that side of things has been, you know, pretty pleasing um, for me as a undersized ruckman and coming in and and just learning over the last few weeks. I mean, it's it's a different position. I think I've been able to, you know, put in place some ruck craft and learn from probably the first two weeks where I was just jumping at it and. You know, players were trying to, you know, stop your jump. Where now I've got a, a few strings to my bow. I've really um, learnt with Aaron Greaves, the ruck coach, about some different techniques that the ruckman use, and I think that's starting to come in play. And um, what was the other question? His other question was, um, "Do we thrive on being the hunter as opposed to the hunted?" I think every team does. I think every team loves to be, loves to do the hunting. It's just that will to, to compete, and I think you know at times we've lacked that this year. But then at times have been very impressive. I think you know against Richmond on Friday night, we're impressive in, in wanting to hunt the ball, uh, hunt the player, and hunt the ball. And I think against the Western Bulldogs, we're good in that area as well. And um, yeah, it's just about being able to do that consistently over four quarters and, and do it week in week out. Hey Jackson, was one of those new techniques that um, that rugby line throw that you did? Which one? <laughs> That rugby line throw that you did in the uh, to the at the southern end. So I think we we're kicking in the last. You know the one where you got pinned for the throw. Well, you've forgotten it. Uh, this week. Yeah. I didn't get pinned for the throw this week. I thought I swear you did. No. Did he, Craig? Oh, it wasn't really a throw. It was sort of like coming in from the boundary tap, and you sort of. Oh, sorry. More like yeah, a, a volleyball yeah. spike or something. Yeah, sorry. Uh, I thought, yeah, no, I thought that was a bit stiff, to be honest. I didn't, yeah. I've seen worse get away with um, ruck hit outs. Like, hey, sorry, I was just trying to think of being tackled and throwing the ball. But, um, yeah, I sort of just somehow got there and there was no, no other ruckman. I sort of just thought I'd try and hold it a bit longer. And, yeah, I thought, you know, probably could have got away with that one. But, yeah, it was definitely there. <laughs> well, thanks for uh, making that question sound really good, mate. That was really good. <laughs> Sorry, mate, I couldn't hear. I had a brain lapse. Here, uh, Russell Lieber Handball wants to know if uh, if you had the choice, what position would you prefer to play in two thousand and seventeen? Oh, it's a good question. Um, yeah, if if I was to be a, a full time ruckman, or obviously Paddy coming back, he's going to take that number one spot, but. Um, if I was to be a full-time ruckman, I'd probably have to put on, you know, three or four kilos to be able to, you know, match the body weight with the guys um, in throw-ins. You know, I'm being able to compete really well um, when I'm jumping at the ball in the centre bounce. And it's probably the throw-ins when, you know, I'm 97 kilos and some of these ruckmen are 110 kilos where yeah. if I could get that up to about 100, 101, I'd, I'd be able to, you know, push around with them a bit more and, and make that uh, a little bit easier on myself. Um, yeah, it's a, it's a good question whether... It, it is a, a ruck, more of a ruck role than what I have in previous years, and and still go down back, or whether it's a you know maybe go up forward and and swap with um, whoever the ruckman is. You know, a lot of teams now are playing two ruckmen and swapping them. You know, fifty sixty percent of the time. Um, so I mean that'll just that time will tell whether whether we uh, whether we do that or not. And obviously I probably won't make the decision, but yeah, I've really enjoyed the role in the ruck, just getting around the ball a bit more and, and being able to get your hands on it. And, Obviously, I do like to, to compete and and, um, and win the ball out of the centre, and I think um, you know the clearance numbers have, have shown that. 
It looks, um, I mean, looking from afar, looking in, it looks like you're really starting to, uh, like you said, get your groove with the position now, and, and you're also really enjoying it. And uh, on one of the sports shows on Saturday morning, uh, someone mentioned it, so, and I thought it was a really great comment, and it's a, a compliment to you um, where they, they thought your effort this year, um, you know, you, you've been the team man of the year, and I'm, I'm sure, I know you're a humble guy and you're a team guy, so you don't, you won't take the individual accolade, but uh, I've got to agree. I reckon you've been fantastic in, in getting into a new role and, and just giving it a red hot go. And uh, it just shows it doesn't matter who you are and what you're doing, you can just apply yourself and give it a go. Uh, it's amazing what you can do. Yeah, that's it, mate. I really appreciate it. And, yeah, as, as I said, you know, I'd like to be winning a lot, a lot more games than what we have so far this season, but hopefully the second half we can you know, really string a few games together and show what we're... What we can do as a group and, and where going forward it, it's going to look like. But yeah, as, as you mentioned, I've really enjoyed being in the ruck in a different role. Um, you know, I thought of, as you said, I've, I've got better as the weeks go on and, you know, I've found ways to, to, um, to ruck and influence without obviously winning hit outs. Yeah. Tell us a bit about Kane Mitchell. What's he like around the club? The, the reaction of the team to his goal was, was pretty similar to um, Darcy Ben Jones' first goal in his first game. Seems like a really popular member of the group. Yeah, he's a he's a um, unique character. He's he's very out there and, and different to to most. I think he just brings that bubbly personality. He gets along with with all the boys, and um, yeah, he just has a spark and a bit of a spunk about the way he is as a person. And I think that's what the boys love so much. And we probably needed that little bit of flair and um, yeah, just energy that he that he brings, and he's worked so hard to get his opportunity this season. He's, he's played a lot of sample footy, and um, just the way he performed his role on the weekend, I think, was you know unbelievable. And come in, played on a, a supreme um, elite midfielder, and, and shut him right out of the game, and then was able to get on the end of that last one. And I think it just shows how close the group is when you see that sort of you know everyone coming from all angles. It's not made up. We don't get told to do that. It just it just happens, and. I think a similar a similar thing happened when a young fella kicked the goal in the Maggies on the the day after um, first uh, debutant kicked the goal, and I think that you know every single player got around him. So you just see how close the group is, and you see how close you know how much the group wants to win, and it does make those times when you're not playing good footy you know very hard because you actually love one another and you want to we want to succeed and we want to succeed for ourselves and, and our fans and our families. What about that Jackson Trengove celebration after the goal? I haven't seen you that enthused for a while, mate. <laughs> yeah, I'll sort of try to give it a little bit. I, I do get into needy and, and, and chatty and these blokes that kick them on the run and kick really good goals. I do get into them um, a fair bit about their celebrations because I think, think they're pretty average. And I think my girlfriend got into me a little bit about, you know, me fist pump. But, um, <laughs> yeah, I just I like to give it a little bit, not too much of a set shot. But if I kick one on the run, I'll tell you what, boys, I'll bring down the house. You'll, you'll see a celebration. <laughs> You do a slide, take your top off, and punch the uh, the corner post. Yeah, it'd be something different, obviously. Um, yeah, I just reckon these some of these you know forwards, especially Chaddy Wingard, he sort of just gives the same one all the time. Uh, if I was kicking some of the guys there, would I'd be doing all sorts of celebrations. Mm. Uh, Bevan has written in he um, for next year. He wants uh, to see you play in the ruck and also swap with Paddy up forward. Is that something that? Might be uh, spoken about you pinch hitting up forward, especially with the emergence of someone like Logan Austin down back. Yeah, I think I mentioned that um, before. Just that role that's you know, there's a lot of teams now that are playing two ruckmen and swapping over. I mean, this weekend, we'll, uh, this Thursday, we'll be we'll be playing against two ruckmen that swap over, and you know, I think I'm a, I I am able to go up forward and, and create something. Obviously, that's probably the the key. If you are to go up forward, you got to be able to you know create some some options and. And be used. You can't just sort of go out there and do nothing. So um, I think you know, Paddy and myself. Obviously, Paddy's proven it at doing that, and I think you know that may be um, something that I'd be able to bring to the table. So, as a defender, Jackson, how have you found um, Logan Austin in his first few games? Yeah, I think he's been thrown to the deep end, um, playing on some quality players. Um, I think he started on Pav um, in your first game. I, I mean, I was not playing on you know those sort of players till you've. You know, played, knocked up a few games, and 
and um, got some real experience. But to, for, to his credit, he's done a really good job in pl- taking on that role. Um, we sort of didn't have too many options there at one stage with, with a couple of the injuries. But, um, yeah, I thought he's, he's been terrific just with his approach. I think on the weekend, he really started to get his groove where Tom Cleary was able to play on, on Jack Rewalt and he was able to, you know, come off and, and, and help out in the air. And I think he's only going to get better and better as, um, as he plays more games. What's the morale of uh, Dougal Howard like at the moment? Is he uh, sort of uh, a little bit upbeat in his spirits with the injury? Uh, he's actually still away. So most of the boys, um, when they do a serious injury, will have their operations and then they'll go back with family because obviously it's, it's hard to get around and hard to, um, you know, to, to do all the stuff that you do on a normal, normal day. So he's back in, in Wagga Wagga just, just relaxing. Um, he's due to be back over over in Adelaide in the next couple of days. I mean, I think you'd be pretty flat at the start, but then you sort of just want to crack in and, and do your rehab. And obviously it's going to be a, a long period where he's going to have to grind and, and he'll have to do some mental stuff um, away from the club, like get away for a couple of holidays and um, to really keep fresh because it is such a long time where you're grinding away, doing, you know, sweat boxes and, um, you know, bike sessions and, and uh, all these sort of, um, what, what can I say? They're almost boring sessions where you're indoors and you're outside with with your teammates. It, it does get hard, and um, yeah, that, Timmy Parham and, and the team with Darren Burgess will will uh, will structure something up for for uh, Dugs, and yeah, he'll come back um, bigger and better. And obviously, we we miss him and, and love his energy that he brings to the team. So look forward to having him back. Hey, um, Jackson, one of the uh... One of the cult heroes on Port Fan Radio outside of yourself is John Butcher. You guys would have been over the moon that um, he kicked six goals on the weekend. And is, is, his, uh, is his kicking action dramatically changed, as it was mentioned in the paper? Uh, he's done a lot of work on his kicking, Johnny, and it's a credit to him. It's probably only just starting to show um, how much work he's done on his on his kicking and He's done a lot of stuff um, with mental aspect of, of the kicking as well, which I think's been been a crucial help to him. And yeah, it was it was pleasing to see him get the reward with six goals. I think he just had that attitude that he wanted to kick a bag, and you know he, he knew he was in good form. And when they were kicking it in, he was he was marking them. I think he just wanted to wanted the delivery as much as possible. And um, yeah, hopefully he can string a few games together and, and get another shot in um, in the AFL side. Yeah, absolutely. So what's the goal for the rest of the season? Uh, is finals still on the agenda? Oh, it's probably a bit um, bit hard to say at the moment. I think probably the, the agenda would be just to, to continue that form that we played against Richmond. The hard, you know, nose Port Adelaide style of footy. We know that it works and we know that when we bring it um, for four quarters that we're doing most games. And I think if we can, we can do that footy and, and win a few games, I think anything can happen towards the end of the year. It's still pretty close. Obviously, we're, we haven't put ourselves in a great position, but, um, yeah, anything can happen. And before we, um, before we wind it up and let you go, I guess a quick one, a preview for uh, Thursday night, the big match against the Hawks. We always um, seem to do pretty well against them. What's, what's our secret? How come we, uh, we seem to have such a success rate against Hawthorne? Oh mate, it's a good question. I think, um, I think, yeah, I'm not, I'm not exactly sure why we, why we go well against them. We just there's just those teams that you have that you match up really well against. Obviously, they're they're a super team. They've they've won the last you know three premierships and and been dominant over the last five to ten years. And um, yeah, it's just one of those things that you get you get lucky and you, you match up really well against them. I think I, I heard um, a couple of their players say that we've we've seemed to get you know a really good start on them, which. Hopefully this um, Thursday we can we can get another quick start on them and and hopefully we can get the same result as what we have in, in previous games against them. Obviously it's not going to be it's going to be a, a hard game. They're they're a quality opposition. They've been in good form. So if we can bring what we bought against Richmond, um, it'll hold us in good stead and, and we'll be in the match um, hopefully right to the end. Awesome. You got any more, Craig? No, that's me done, mate. Hey, uh, just one last one, Jackson. I noticed you're. Uh... You're the ambassador of a fantastic company. I I, um, I saw you put up a post that we're uh, we're given eleven bucks off uh, to anyone that mentions Jackson at New Vision. I guess we should point out that uh, that would mean that doing a basic tax return would be eighty eight bucks, so uh, instead of ninety nine dollars. So uh, thank thanks for uh, your support of New Vision and thanks for coming out to Woodville South the other night. Yeah, it was a great show. No, I had really good fun at it, um, Woodville South. The, the players were fantastic, and we had a bit of a laugh. And 
obviously some serious stuff and uh, that was, it, it was really good. And yeah, as you mentioned there with that tax time, um, no better way to jump on, on New Vision and um, and get the tax for $88. It's a, it's a bit of a steal that, I think, Rick, and hopefully you can um, make some money from, from your tax and um, go on a holiday, I reckon, get out of this rain. Yeah, I need to uh, time our holiday to go from June to uh, September, don't I? I reckon um, that's the way it should be. And uh, in the off season, are you going to um, meet me on the racetrack? Uh, my off season is going to be pretty quiet, I reckon. I think, um, obviously, <laughs> my, my my girlfriend being pregnant and the baby coming uh, coming out, I don't think I'll be um, be getting up to too much. But um, changing uh, changing dirty nappies, mate, and I think um, I think my uh, my my full drive will actually beat you around a racetrack. <laughs> Hey, Craig, you know the accelerators on the right, mate, when you're driving. Them. <laughs> yeah, but I couldn't. I had to keep my left foot on the brake Black just to make sure. Stuck the neutral at one stage. <laughs> hey, um, Craig, do you want to tell Jackson how much quiet time he's going to get over September, October, as a father of three? <laughs> Not much, mate. Not much at all. <laughs> um, looking forward to it. It's obviously, I think every single male says, "Yeah, good luck." I'm a I'm a horrible uh, morning person as well, so everyone says, "Yeah, good luck, get used to it." Um, so time will tell, but uh, I think you sort of put up with it a little bit more when it's it's your child, and I'm uh, really looking forward to to what uh, the future brings for us. Beautiful, awesome. Well, thanks, mate, for coming on again. Uh, good on you, fellas. Appreciate it. Good no luck worries. for Thursday night, mate. Cheers. Thanks. Maybe we should have tied in some uh, parental uh, tips into the show. Yeah, that's for the listeners and for Jackson Macker. <clears throat> Parenting and tax tips, mate. <laughs> hey, yeah, just we a could quick be onto something there. Just a quick shout out to a mate of mine. I know he's listening, Anthony Hart. Great idea playing golf on Crook in the rain today. Thanks, thanks for that concept, buddy. I, I really appreciated that one, and uh, I feel I feel like I'm frozen like a brick at the moment. How cold <laughs> is it? It is pretty bloody cold, mate. Don't worry, pneumonia, it's nothing to write home about, mate. You'll, you'll live. It's all good. All right. Shall we get on with it? Let's get on with it and talk about our sweet and sour. One thing we uh, we found sweet, one thing we found sour about Port Adelaide this week. Sweet. Mate. Uh, my, I guess I'm going to, I'm winging it, but I'm going to say my sweet was Chad Wingard playing more in the midfield. Yeah. Um, I think... For the evolution of the team and the good of the team, Chad needs to be in there going forward 70% of the time. He's such a creative player, great player, and we saw in the, the first half his, his use with the hands of the ball. Um, yeah. Creativity, amazing, and you know, we're going to win a lot more games if he's playing more time in the midfield, as far as I'm concerned. Oh, for sure. He didn't spend that much time in there, and he didn't really have a huge impact when he was in there, but it, it was great to see him uh, start in the centre square uh, for a few centre bounces, and uh, you know we haven't seen that for quite some time now. So any more sort of uh, midfield time he gets, I'm I'm all for it, mate. Because I reckon he's uh, he's an absolute superstar midfielder to go with his uh, superstar forward status. God, imagine Ollie Wines, Chad Wingard, our, our two prime midfielders, awesome. Something to look forward to, that's for sure. My sweet uh, this week, it, it's just got to be Danger Mitchell. What a star! You know, when I saw him line up on Koch and I thought, God, that's a bloody ballsy move, Ken, to put uh, to put Kane on him. But, uh, you know, it paid off in spades. And not only did he keep Koch into 14, you know, pretty well, completely ineffective disposals. Uh, yeah, he picked up, what, 24 himself, kicked a goal, eight contested touches, three clearances. And uh, as we mentioned with Jackson, you know, didn't the boys celebrate when he snagged that goal as well? And, uh, you know, he's, he's clearly got some limitations about his game, but... Uh, it was just great to see him play so well, and and as we sort of said on the on the preview as well, he seems to play his best footy when he first comes back into the side. Absolutely, it was a, a bit of a shock, really, wasn't it? Maybe maybe that's his role going forward. Maybe he's a role player. Um, he's got that super <clears throat> endurance like Kane Corn, so yeah, uh, and he he didn't mind a bit of nickel last week, so maybe that's his spot. Yeah, absolutely. Is there a an elite player in the competition that gets more put off their game as much as what Trent Cochin does. Yeah, it was interesting because I actually took a, uh, a Richmond client, uh, Richmond supporter to the game uh, with me and Mel, and um, I said, oh, geez, Cochin really should probably be gone as captain, surely. And he was like, no, nah, no, nah, he's a great captain. And I was saying, really? 
I find, yeah, I think he's quite inconsistent for for what he can be at that superstar level. Yeah, uh, yeah, it, it's not often enough. Well, look, he's had a great year, and he's you know he's averaging sort of career highs across the board at the moment. But um, yeah, I mean, when the pressure's on, he he just doesn't seem to deliver too much, and uh, you know maybe that's a bit of a blueprint for uh, for other teams going forward, just to uh, to niggle the hell out of him and uh, and put him off his game like that. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, what was your sour? Uh, I guess my sour has been a pretty good week this week. So I'm going to say my sour is bloody Matt Tarrant. I <laughs> mean, he's just disappeared. He didn't tell any of us that he's been going on a reality TV show. Yeah. He's, he's on Australian Survivor. <laughs> How amazing is that? That's pretty bloody good. That's pretty yeah. good. Um, I'm, I wasn't... I, I don't really watch TV, but I might have to make an effort. I mean... For people that don't know, um, Matt Tarrant's a massive, massive Port Adelaide fan. Port Adelaide ambassador, great guy, and uh, and also uh, a, lo- a great local entertainer and, and magician. So yeah. uh, um, I'd, I'd recommend tuning into uh, Survivor and uh, and watching Matt fly under the radar. It'll be quite entertaining. Indeed. Oh, look, I'm sure you would have loved to have uh, told some more people, but... Uh... I think with that sort of thing, you actually um, get kicked out if it gets released that you're on it a bit early. So he had to keep things uh, on the down low for sure. Yeah. So let's uh, let's go on with our match review. Hey, hey, what about yours? Oh yeah, mine. I don't have gonna, one. I actually don't something. have one. No, I was really something. I was trying to think of one, and there's not really much to feel sour about at all. Really, we, we had a great game on uh, on Friday night. We had a great game against Centrals. Johnny Butcher kicks his six goals. Jackson Trengo plays his best game. Kane Mitchell, what a superstar! You know, what's there to be sour about this week? Oh, I thought the crowd could have been a bit better. I disagree with you there. I thought the crowd could have been a bit better, but yeah, yeah nothing to uh, nothing to complain about too much. Well, I mean, the, the crowd attended to give the Crows supporters some ammunition to give us some stick about, uh, oh, you played us out last week about 137,000 and you only get 37,000. But uh, I thought that's pretty good seeing we've only got one third of the supporter base in Adelaide. Yeah. Well, look, if we're, uh, if we're complaining about a 37,000 crowd, you know, it's, uh, it's a pretty good position to be in, I think. Absolutely. Uh, are you in a tent or something? What are you doing? What do you mean? <laughs> You're making all this racket. Uh, I'm actually laying in bed. Oh, good on you. Well, I, I wanted to get sexy for you. You know, oh. I've got my, um, I've got my sexy mo now. Yeah, you look like Ivan Milat. <laughs> <laughs> Come on, I'm, I'm, I'm a little bit better than that. I was thinking like that cop from the village people. Yeah, you need to stop moving because it is actually quite loud though. Uh, I'll stop moving. Good work. Now. Onto the match review. It was a uh, well, it was a fairly cold, drizzly Friday evening, but uh, Port finished quite victorious by 38 points, 14 goals, 10 to 8 goals, eight. Uh, Travis Boak, Chad Wingard, and Matty Broadbent uh, kicked two goals each. Um, how did you find the game, mate? Uh, well, it was interesting. Like I watched the first half replay today, and and speaking to a few people as well, um, a lot of people were, and reading Big Footy, a lot of people were critical of the first quarter. Um, I guess I didn't get that vibe. I, I thought it was, was yeah. probably just a little bit sloppy, uh, you know, with our execution. But outside of that, I thought it was a pretty competitive um, uh, first quarter. And, and Richmond just sort of maybe got a little bit more rubber the green with the bounce of the ball and used the ball a bit better to, to execute to get some goals. But um, yeah, I thought we were right in it, and uh, I really loved our our midfield pressure. And I think um, what I, I guess one of my observations is when when our port side's going very well. We don't have a couple of standout players. We we seem to have that rounded team performance where everybody's contributing, and and I think that was one of the takeaways for the game for me. It was a fantastic t- uh, team performance. Yeah, our tackling was up. Our, our our use of the ball after the first quarter improved immensely in tough conditions, and uh, and as it was pointed out by somebody, if we executed that second quarter like we. We did uh, the other night, like we did against the Bulldogs. We probably would have won the Bulldogs game as well. Yeah. Oh, no doubt. Yeah. Look, I, I felt pretty much the same. I wasn't too uh, concerned at quarter time. Um, you know, I thought we were right in the game. And, you know, we were playing pretty well. Um, Sam Lloyd kicked a couple of goals, I guess, for them. But uh, outside of that, you know, we were playing pretty well. And um, that was just about the best tackling game I reckon I've seen us play in a, in a very, very long time. Our pressure was absolutely fantastic. 
Uh, we just went nuts after quarter time, really, and um, I don't think we've ever received that many holding the balls in a game before. Yeah, absolutely, and I think that's probably been one of the criticisms of our of our team is uh, not sticking tackles properly, yeah. um, and and sort of being a little bit sloppy. So it was fantastic that we executed that so well. I guess I guess the one frustration is that, you know the last two years now we seem to be getting that momentum. Uh, the second half of the year, once it's almost too late. Um, I guess that's the frustration. But I guess, yeah, you're talking about Kay Mitchell on Fox. I guess the one that I've loved the last month, and I thought he did a fantastic job on Dustin Martin, was Brad Eber. Um, yeah. yeah. I never thought he was a bit of a niggle sort of guy, but he, he's really starting to enjoy the niggle. Yeah, look, I reckon he's always sort of enjoyed the niggle a little bit, especially at quarter-time breaks. Whenever we seem to have a bit of a wrestle at quarter-time breaks, I reckon he's the one that starts it. Yeah. He loves to go up and uh, and say a few words uh, once the siren's gone. And Yeah, look, I mean, look, Dusty Martin was probably still one of their better players, I guess, in terms of um, he kept presenting, he kept winning the ball. He had 32 touches, six clearances, so he kept getting the ball, but he was under so much pressure, he didn't really um, do much with it, which I thought was great from uh, from Evo. Um, and look, he did give away a couple of free kicks and, uh, and certainly um, was a little bit uh, silly at times, I think, Dusty. But uh, yeah, it was a, another really good performance by Brad Ebert. Um, and yeah, he's in a, a rich vein of form at the moment. He's, um, he seems to be relishing this sort of uh, defensive side. What about, the, um, what about that run-down tackle on the goal square? I mean, that gut-running effort, that's what we uh, know Brad for and he's synonymous and... Uh... Yeah, I don't know if we've seen it consistently uh, this year, so uh, he seems to be getting that positive momentum. I, I guess the other one, the other topical point from the game was um, uh, David Kosh before the game putting the heat on the leadership group. How did you think the leaders got this game? Yeah. Oh, look, the, I thought the leaders were fantastic, and you need to still stop moving as well, mate, because you're still making a lot of racket there. I'm not moving. I, well, I don't know what you're doing then. You're making, you're making noise, mate. Do you really want to know? I really don't want to know. <laughs> Pick up your phone or something. I don't know what you're doing. But look, the, uh, yeah, absolutely. The leadership group was uh, absolutely fantastic. That was Bokey's best game for the year by an absolute mile. He was absolutely faultless on the weekend. Um, and it was great to see him. I love it when he gets that pumped up after he kicks a goal and you know jumps in the air and looks like he's, he's about to implode. Um, you know, that was absolutely fantastic. And you know, he kicked two goals, had 11 tackles, I think, as well. And, um, you know, that was that was by far his best game of the year. I thought, um, you know, Ollie Wines was really, really good as well, especially in the first half. He might have um, might have fallen away a little bit after half time, But his first half was uh, was absolutely fantastic and, and really helped to set up um, that match-winning lead at half time. Do you think structurally the players are maybe coming to terms would the game plan a little bit better? Like, would Nathan Bassett's influence? Our, um, our, our structure seemed to be a lot stronger uh, around the ground and being able to hold the ball into our forward half of the oval. Do, do you think maybe that's been part of our problem this year, just you know, just getting used to a, a, an influential coach like Nathan Bassett? I don't know. I mean, it, it just seems like we're either switched on or we're switched off. So I don't know if it's... It's probably too early to say we've turned the corner, but... Um, you know, I guess the pressure will be on uh, this Thursday night, and you know we've just got to deliver and, and just got to keep winning. So, um, obviously, it was the last game before this one where we uh, we were pretty poor against Frio. Um, so we certainly uh, it looked like um, we we came out over the break and and worked on a few things and certainly worked on the pressure because the pressure that we had against Frio was uh, almost non-existent. Yeah, and I guess that's what's the frustration for us as supporters, isn't it? That um... We're just getting that inconsistent effort week in, week out. And I'd imagine the coaches would be pretty frustrated as well. But yeah. um, Jackson actually really intrigues me if, I, if I'm talking about him as a neutral because uh, I do feel that he, he's starting to come into his own as a Rutman. And I guess, you know, over the history of the game, there's been some great Rutman, you know, that have been smaller. I mean, obviously, I don't think we're going to see the six foot two, six foot three Rutman anymore. But, I mean, he's still 197 centimetres. And... He's, a, he's been able to negate most of the Rutman that he's come up against, but he, his mobility in, around the pack, in the, especially in the centre square, has been quite influential for us in the clearances. Absolutely. Look, once again, we had half the hit-outs, but uh, absolutely dominated the clearances. And 
you know, it's just that follow-up work that he does, which is so crucial. And I certainly want to see him play uh, a lot more in the ruck next year when Ryder's back and, and, and hopefully for the rest of this year as well if Loby comes back into the side. And I always feel sorry for Ivan Marich. You know, his last two games at AFL level have been against Port Adelaide and he's been absolutely spanked in both of them. And he's absolutely cooked, I reckon. Big, big Ivan, I reckon he's, uh, he's done. He's, uh, uh, you know, he, was, he was moving around the ground like a war veteran. You know, what was, he was the? Uh, he can barely he? bend over, can barely raise a gallop. You know, he's cooked. What was his last injury? I can't remember. I can't remember. But um, yeah, he hasn't been playing very good footy, and it wouldn't surprise me at all if he retires at the end of the year. Well, maybe uh, maybe it's a good thing for him. But uh, yeah, I mean, I mean, what he had four disposals ish. Um, Jackson had <laughs> two, was it? And yeah. uh, and Jackson had a, a twenty. Um, you know, and numerous clearances again uh yeah it's quite interesting i look i think that's a, yeah it's a big call i mean so so early out and it's a bit of a shame we're talking about 2017 but you know, i think jackson and patty Ryder as a rock combo could be a really really good rock rock combo to be honest yeah absolutely i think uh yeah Ryder is lead ruck with uh with trengove sort of uh roaming the ground maybe a little bit up forward and, and then swapping around you know that'd be that'd be wonderful i reckon yeah. So what and it, as I said like... with Jacko, especially with someone like Austin coming up, who's a, a taller key position defender than what we've got on our list um, as backup at the moment, you know, for him to come on is uh, is absolutely crucial. And you know, if we can get you know someone like Tom Cleary to play a bit more sort of consistent footy um, and really sort of um, you know make a bit of a name for himself and maybe push for Ali Paddy Carlisle's spot um, mm. at full back, I mean that that'd be absolutely great as well. Well, I mean, no disrespect to Alipati, but you'd think that, you know, it might be time for him almost as well, I guess, with his with his knee injury and and the young guys pushing through. Yeah. Um, and, you know, we all know that he's a great team player, so I'm sure he'd he'd probably let it go if he had to. But, um, yeah, you'd, you'd sort of see that that transition's uh, pretty present now, I would imagine. And, uh, and I sort of say that with all due respect to Alipati. So, um but yeah, I mean, I was really impressed with Tom Cleary, to be honest. I, I was expecting to see Homsch out there and didn't realise that he was a late withdrawal until the game started. But I, I thought Tom competed really well. Yeah, look, Rewalt kicked, what, four goals? Um, but I thought he was, uh, I thought he gave a really good effort, Tom, and, and maybe even broke even on, yeah. on the night. You know, he, he had a, a couple of really crucial moments as well and some, some times where he sort of ran off with the ball and, and really created the play. So, yeah, look... I'm a, I'm a big fan of Tom Cleary. I thought he was uh, pretty stiff to get dropped uh, last year um, after the Dogs game, where I thought he was just about our best player. Um, and, you know, we haven't seen him at AFL level uh, since then. So, you know, it was good to see him out there again. And, uh, you know, he's at that right sort of um, age and and, uh, and experience level now, um, where he's played a lot of games um, in his sort of footballing career where he really does need to sort of make a name for himself at AFL level and, you know, hopefully he can sort of stay in the side a bit. Because I think um, even if uh, Homshi comes back in this week, um, which he may not do, uh, I'd still like to see Tommy Cleary stay in the side. Yeah, absolutely. I, I'd i like to see him in the side, I guess. I guess um, while Homsch I think he's in. more suitable to full back than what Homsch is. Yeah, what about Logan Austin? Well, Austin's more of a, a centre-half back. For me, I think. Yeah. Mm. I mean, I guess it's sort of a rotating position these days anyway, isn't it? They, yeah. It's, uh, there's no fixed abode anymore. So, uh, yeah, it'll be interesting. But yeah. um, what about uh, Robbie Gray's influence on the game? Were you, were you happy? And I guess this is where I was sort of intimating before. Um, you know, when we have a, a great team performance, uh, the star players like Robbie Gray sort of blend in with the rest of the team, which I think is a healthy sign. Yeah. Oh, look, statistically, I thought he had a really good game, but I think in terms of his influence on the night, it was probably a little bit down on, on his best. I thought he had a pretty slow start and you know, had a really good sort of second half, but um, I don't know, maybe his skills were a little bit sloppy on the night, I thought. Yeah. It was a tough, it was a tough night, tough conditions. Yeah. And, yeah, uh, yeah I mean, because you could say the same thing about Ollie Wines too. His, uh, his skills were a little bit sloppy too. But I guess that's been probably the interesting thing with Ollie this year. His skills have probably been down from... From previous years a little bit so uh, yeah it'll be interesting to see where, where how he goes going forward 
Uh, Zach has written in on Spreaker and says he wants to see the three-headed monster with Ryder, Trengove, and Dukes in a perfect world. Jeez. Can we carry all three? Some tall timber there, especially with Dicko as well. Yeah. And Westoff. I reckon we, I reckon we could. Absolutely. Well, Dougal moves really, really quick, doesn't he? Yeah. He's certainly not a plotter, so he's, no. uh, he's someone that uh, can move across the ground pretty quick and has a big leap and, and can obviously play up forward uh, pretty well as well. So Yeah. Yeah, I, mean, I think we've got something to look forward to there. So how did you find Dixon's game? I, I, I really liked his competitiveness. I noticed um, over the last few weeks, a few supporters have been a bit critical. He's not taking enough marks, but I like well, I don't think he is, to be honest. Don't, don't I, I really so. don't think he is, no. And, and what do you think? Is that just a psychological thing? you think he's getting his body in the right place? or? Um, I think it's... Um, I think it's... It's mostly to do with our game plan. We just sort of kick and hope and, and put it on his head and we almost expect every mark that he takes to be a contested mark. Yeah. He's, he's averaging... Well, I mean, I, I don't know. Maybe I'm being a bit too harsh, but he is averaging career highs in marks at the moment. He's averaging 4.21 marks a game, but 2.21 of those are contested. So he's only getting free twice each game to, to take an uncontested mark, which probably isn't enough, to be honest. Mm. With the amount of times that he, he gets clear hands on the bowl... And, um, a, a, like away from uh, the spoiling fist of a defender, I think he probably should be taking a couple of more marks a game than what he actually does. But look, he is competing really well, as as Kenny says. We know what's going to happen when when the ball goes near near him. We know he's going to compete. We know at the very worst he's going to bring the ball to ground level for, for guys like Needy to sort of run onto it. Um, so in that regard, I think he's doing a really good job. Yeah, I just like his physicality. Love his bumping. Love his pack work. Mm. And uh, I love the uh, that first goal from Westhoff. I mean, what pure genius was that? <laughs> Absolute ass. <laughs> <laughs> uh, he meant that all the way. That was pure skill, man. Come on. Oh, look, it was... Yeah, it, it was decent. <laughs> it was decent. It was a good way to start the game, that's for sure. It was a good way to start the game. So we, we kicked seven goals on a... A run in the second quarter, yeah. um, which is what, when we're flying, that's what Port Adelaide does, but we're not doing it often enough. So what do we need to do? How do we keep, how do we keep doing this? I don't know. I think it's just about competitiveness and effort. You know, it should be an absolute Monty that we put in 100% effort every game. You know, I don't want to see games like the Frio game where, you know, we just look down, you know, mm. and, we, and we just don't look like we're into it. And, you know, we have poor games against poor opposition and, you know, it should be an absolute Monty that we just come out to play every time we take the park. I 100% agree with what Kenny says there. and You know, hopefully this is a... You know, it would be great if this sort of performance was the, the sort of turning point. And, you know, obviously I think finals are still on the agenda. I think we can still make it. Obviously we've got to beat Hawthorne this week. Um, and I think we will. I think we will beat the Hawks. Oh, you're confident. I am confident, yeah. We've got a good yeah. record against them, and I think we match up really well against them. And if we can bring that sort of effort, um, as we usually do against Hawthorne, we, we like to give give a bit of niggle against them, and, and we go in hard. Um, if we can bring that contested game against them, then we are every chance of winning. Do you think it favours us a bit of rain, or you'd rather drier conditions? Uh I mean, it probably favours us, given that we've just played in the wet. So we know what uh, Adelaide Oval's like when it's a little bit dewy and a little bit wet. So mm. that, that probably does favour us a little bit. Yeah. I'm excited by the game. I think we're going to put in a good showing. Um, yeah. I think going forward, Hinkley's in a, a really tough spot because, um, what, Loby's probably three weeks away. Um, so that takes us, what, to round 18. So there'll be five games left. You know, do we actually do we ruin a good thing uh, with what's going on in the centre at the moment? And do we bring Loby back, or do we do we not play him? Well, he's absolutely got to start in the SANFL. That's an absolute no-brainer, and you know he's got to work his way in. Simple yeah. as that. It's like anybody that comes back who and somebody's in good form. You're not going to change a winning format or, or a format that's working. Um, unless you absolutely have to, so but, yeah, but and we your, don't have to. But from your perspective, is is Loby's KPI getting fifty hitouts in an SANFL game the form to warrant him uh, coming back in the side, or would you be looking for other things such as uh, 
marking and around the ground play and getting some possessions is more important. Well, we know he's not a big possession winner and he's not a big um, marker, that's for sure. But I want to see competitiveness from, from Lobes. I want to see that uh, that follow-up um, work that Trengove's um, sort of mastered in the middle. And, yeah, we know that Lobie can do that. His tackle numbers are exceptional. He can win the ball when he does that. Um, I don't think raw hit-out numbers at SANFL level mean all that much. So if he gets 50 hit-outs, then so be it. But it's about the follow-up work and, and the ability to... Um, you know, to help the team win clearances out of the middle. That's the most important thing. Yeah, I'm with you. Mm. And that's right. I mean, you hit the nail on the head. And I guess that's what Jackson's doing now uh, in 13 and 14. Lobie was smashing that pack, the, the second effort after the run contest, locking yeah. in the ball and or getting it out to our, helping getting it out to our midfielders. And, and I guess for whatever reason, that, that sort of has dissipated over the last year and a half. Well, that's why I still hold out hope for Lowe's because we know that he can do that. What we're all loving about Jackson Trengove's games at the moment is exactly what Lobby was doing a couple of years ago. So all he's got to do, you know, players go out of form sometimes. That happens, you know. It, it happens to the best the best of the players in the league as well. So uh, it's just about, about him uh, working through it and, um, and see if he can get back in some decent form and, and doing what we, uh, what we know he can do best. Absolutely. Uh, Bevan's written in and says, uh, which line coach is at fault for our forward line? Is it Voss for how the ball is brought into the forward line or is it Nix for what is there when the ball comes in and what happens in there? Uh, I think I would... Uh, or maybe a bit have, of both. A bit of both, but I think you have to go right to the top, I reckon, because the the top man would be dictating our game plan, surely, and then the coaches yeah. are, are coaching to execute. And uh, I mean, I don't mind the long ball game plan to Dixon, but... What I'd really like is that our midfielders are smart and they hit up the lead-up forward. Once once Dixon's been attracting uh, three defenders, you know we should have spare spare forwards around if possible. So um, yeah. let's find that. Let's find those players. Yeah, I think it's it's been a conscious effort how we've played this year. Like that long ball into the forward fifty, just bombing it, you know, it, as high and as long as you can, hoping that Dixon's going to mark. We've played that way since the preseason. We've played that one hundred percent games this year. Yeah. Um, so it's clearly, a clearly, it's something that uh, that the coaches have spoken about. That um, obviously Voss has tried to implement. That Kenny's tried to implement. Um, obviously, Nick's up as the forward coach would would know all about it as well. So I think it's um, it's a case of everybody's culpable for for taking on the uh, the blame. I guess you'd say for that. Well, I mean, I don't mind that game plan if the opposition hasn't had time to flood their whole zone back into the our forward 50. Um, I think we fell victim to still doing it against the Bulldogs, who were then able to, to collapse their zone around the fall of the ball and, and sort of run the ball out. And I think that's where we needed to be a little bit smarter and, and have more of a possession game plan um, yeah. instead of just kick it long to Dicko when there's uh, 16 bloody uh, opposition players in the forward 50. Um, and I think that's where we just need to tidy up the game plan and the, and the execution from there. Yeah, like uh, we've done in the past, I think we've made a, a judgment call on where the game's heading, and uh, and we might have got it wrong this year. Yeah, I think so too. Yeah, where is the game heading? Well, I think they certainly. I remember Kenny saying at the start of the year that he thinks um, that sort of long kicking game style and you know having the the big marking key four playing out of full forward. Um, will come back into vogue, and I think we thought that might happen. But um, you know, with the interchange uh, changes and and all that sort of stuff, I think we've we've made assumptions on where the game's going, and I don't think it's uh, it's come off at this point in time. Hey, I've got your hate for you, mm. Ollie Wines non marked. That was pretty poor. <laughs> that, that was, was co- one of the worst calls I've seen. Oh, in a long time. That, that was pretty bad. That was that was just clearly an error. And that like, was. Our- I don't know how much longer the umpire expected him to hold that because he clearly, especially when <laughs> so many times this year we've seen opposition players just sort of, you know, just touch the ball and it's called a mark. You know, it's usually if you stop the ball in flight, then it's called a mark. And not only did he stop the ball, he brought it down and, and pulled it into his chest and then it just gets knocked out and, oh, no, nah, play on. So that was, I don't, that I don't was know if the umpire days. was on the blind side of it or, or something like that or I don't know. There was four bloody umpires, Macca. Four I of know. them. I know. Four too many. There. It was outrageous. It's at least three too many, I think. 
It was our ball mate, whatever his name is. But <laughs> yeah, um, it was too. It yeah. was too. Well, who is that guy? Uh, Nichols. Yeah, because even my AJ, my Richmond supporting friend, was there going, "Geez, he really hates you guys, doesn't he?" Because <laughs> <laughs> even he was pointed out, bloody Nichols. Yeah. Oh yeah. How did you see uh, Jay Schultz's return? Uh, he returned. <laughs> he looked rusty. His effort was there. His enthusiasm yeah. was there. I mean. I mean, what else can you expect? I mean, he hasn't played since round one, so mm. you can only really expect effort and enthusiasm, and I guess the rest will come. Yeah, well, I, mean, I, I didn't think he was too bad. I mean, obviously he didn't have a, a huge influence on the game, but I thought every time he, he sort of got a clean disposal, something decent sort of happened. So from that regard, I was pretty happy with his performance, but obviously his output, I think, will, uh, will continue to uh, increase as he stays in the side, and... You know, turned out with seven touches, a couple of score involvements. Probably wasn't a too bad effort for a key forward on that sort of night, I guess. No, no, look, I mean, it's it's just interesting where we're going to go with Jay, I guess. Well, he's 31, major back issues. <clears throat> yeah. Um, you know, durability is just not there. Um, you know, is, it, is he the player to continue carrying us forward or... Uh, should this be his last season? I guess that that's oh, I probably. I think it would definitely be his last year. Yeah, which is interesting. I mean, so then I guess the the philosophy is: should he, yeah, should we be playing? But I guess who who do we play uh, instead of? You know, I mean, is Butcher is Butcher the future? Pardon the pun. Um, <laughs> over Jay Jay Schultz, or is uh, Butcher's name stamped as gone? Yeah. And trade it. So uh, I guess we don't really have much in forward reserve stocks, do we? No, not really. Not at the moment. No. But is, I guess is... that changes when Ryder comes back into the side and you know all that Absolutely. sort of stuff. So there'll, there'll be options there next year, that's for sure. How did you see Hammer's game? Ah, uh, serviceable. Yeah. Uh, but I mean, that's a team performance. If we're if we're playing as a team, I'm happy with that performance. Yeah. Um, I thought he had some really good efforts and, and some crucial moments. Um, he took a couple of really strong grabs. Um, his sort of intercept work was really, really good. But again, he only had 14 touches. And, and I think it's clear he's sort of playing a, a little bit of a different role in the last few weeks. Yeah. Look, I mean, for me, him and Broadbent, I would love to see consistently in our midfield rotations. They're, they're at that age, they're at that body shape where they should be really pushing... And getting serious game time, um, yeah. I pointed I pointed that out a few weeks ago. Um, you know where we've I feel we've got that gap with uh, Boak and Robbie Gray, and then the young guys, and we're missing those mid tier players. And they're the mid tier players uh, with Brad Ebert that we need the consistency from to stand up in the midfield uh, to generate that pure midfield pressure throughout the whole game. Yeah, absolutely. No, I agree with that. How did you see um, Cameron O'Shea's performance? Cam O'Shea, he was okay. Just okay? He was okay. okay. What do you think? I thought he was absolutely phenomenal. Oh, really? I thought that was one of the best games he's played since probably 2014, I thought. I thought his, his uh, third man up work was just ludicrously good. The best it's ever been. I'm um, going back to the replay. I'm going <laughs> to have another look. It's, I don't know um, that his ability to zone off and, and intercept was at its all time best, and yeah, you know, he had eighteen one percenters, which is uh, pretty much eighteen spoils. So uh, yeah, that's, that's pretty uh, good. That's a great effort, I thought. Sometimes we get caught up and we we get permanent preconceived ideas of players, and so no matter no matter how well they play, you know, it's stamped. You know, you just don't notice, and you you just notice the one bad thing that they do, and that. That's that's what it is. I mean, and that was Jasper Pittard a couple of years ago, I guess, wasn't it? Yeah. Um, so, you know, maybe maybe I need to be a bit more objective with Cam O'Shea. It's just, I, I guess he's, he's had a of, good year, I think. You know, he's sort of he's obviously had that one horror game against Carlton, but which costs uh, us the game. Yeah, but outside of that, I think he's uh, more than justified his selection throughout the season. Well, it's I mean, what a what a transformed defence since the start of the season. Yeah, I think someone, one of the commentators, oh, <laughs> brought up. Yeah, you know, it's almost the SA in a field defence. Yeah, Tom Cleary, Logan Austin, Cam O'Shea, Darcy Byrne Jones, Nathan Cracker. I mean, yeah, definitely. I, I don't think you would have probably thought that we would have seen that combination play too many games together this year. Yeah, 
Absolutely. But it's I think a it's of... a good thing. I think it's a good thing. Is Darcy Byrne Jones pushing hard for the Rising Star Award? I think there's going to be players in front of him, which um, which is unfortunate because I think he's had, on face value, probably as good a season as uh, anybody else that's uh, that's been nominated. Um, I think Jacob Wiedering's probably deservedly the favourite. Um, I guess that's uh, that's natural given the the sort of role that he plays and the fact that he was. A the number one draft pick, um, and B it's his first um, his first season as well. Um, so I think that's probably fair. I think Darcy Parrish will probably get a lot of votes as well. Uh, Caleb Daniel is is building into um, some pretty decent form as well. But outside of that, I think Darcy Byrne Jones is probably next in line. I would think. Can I give you a homework assignment for next week? Can for you sure. uh, can you match up? Wilbur Wilson's first year to uh, Darcy Byrne Jones's first year. In terms of what? Uh, performance output. Stats. Stati- or... Statistical output. I think it's probably pretty close, to be honest. Yeah, I'd, I'll be intrigued. He gets a lot of the bowl, Darcy. So yeah, and uses it well. Yeah. yeah. No, a very similar player, I guess. Um, I guess Wilbur in his first sort of couple of seasons was more midfield than what Darcy is, but. Um, yeah, look, Darcy's had a, a wonderful season and you know, I'm not sure too many people or too many supporters really saw it coming. Um, but more power to him. You know, he's had a bloody fantastic year and it looks like um, you know a 10-year player. Yeah. Uh, look, I, I think it's just amazing. Uh, yeah, and I know the midfielders get all the attention with the rising star, but I, I hope they look at him closely, that's for sure. Yeah. Oh, no doubt. Youngie was another one that I was really, really impressed with. He had 14 touches and 10 tackles, and his tackling was an absolute highlight. He was uh, like a madman out there. Yeah. It's, I mean, again, that's another, I mean, in a poor season, I mean, it's these sort of players that sort of give you encouragement and hope going forward, isn't it? I mean, I think everyone put a line through Aaron Young, similar to Cam O'Shea. Um, mm. you know, probably, yeah, they're, they're not there. And, and Aaron Young's been fantastic. Eric, did he kick one or two goals? Uh, just the one. Yeah. yeah. But like you said, his efforts are there, strong at the ball. And, you know, I guess it, it's hard. I, I think, I know people don't like to use the injuries as an excuse and that sort of stuff. But, I mean, the injuries we've had have been the key players, which really, you know, screw over the structure. So yeah. I think those coming back will will be a, a major influence. But you know, but people like Darcy and Aaron Young have now pushed up and will be creating more depth uh, for us next year. And um, mm. yeah, it's. I mean, he'll be putting pressure on Mumfrey, that Mumfrey's type position, won't he? So uh, oh, I think Young he's got it sewn up at the moment. Oh, absolutely. There's mm. no doubt about that. He's first twenty-two and. And congratulations to him. I, I thought he was probably what a sliding gone. doors moment. It is. I mean, we tried yeah. to palm him off to everybody at the end of last season and couldn't find a trade. We had a couple sort of going, but didn't get over the line. And you know, I think most people probably thought that uh, he'd sort of play out the year in the SANFL and get delisted, maybe, and and that'd be it. But uh, you know, what a turnaround! And you know, he's just been fantastic all year. Absolutely, and and I mean, you know, what I think. You know, sometimes it takes people longer to find their niche that's it you know and and in this system it it can be really churn and burn and a line can be put through people very quickly um you know especially those players that are picked outside of the top 10 or 20 uh, obviously those players seem to get a longer ride um you know than others but um yeah and i guess that's why i'm sort of hesitant on that brendan archie type of player as well because yeah, he showed some improvement last year. For whatever reason, it's dropped off this year. He's definitely a really uh, confidence-orientated sort of player. Yeah. Um, but, I mean, he's still a, he was drafted as an underager. He's been in our system, what, four years now. He's still young, only 21, turning 22. Um, you know, you just don't know what he could deliver in a couple of years' time. So mm. do you want to throw that time invested in those sort of players away quickly? Or do you do you keep giving more time? I mean, someone like John yeah. Butcher, we've pumped in a lot of time. Um, you know, yeah. some could argue maybe too much time, but <laughs> you know, everyone finds their finds their calling at, at different ages. Yeah, well, I guess it shows how detrimental the uh, the sub rule was um, to certain players, I guess. And you know, Youngie was sort of pigeonholed as that that impact sub who could go in the middle and 
win the hardball, and we know how good he is as a midfielder, as a as a clearance winning, you know, hard tackling midfielder as well. And he kind of got pigeonholed into that sort of role, and maybe it was a little bit detrimental to his form and uh, and his development. Yeah, and maybe maybe Hinckley didn't have a defined role for him when Mumphries was there, um, yeah. which then obviously affected his performance. I mean. Uh, there's two things. A, you need to a a person needs to know their role fundamentally inside and out, and b the leader needs to know what role they need those people to play. Yeah. Uh, if either of those are missing, well then you're going to have a, a dis- dysfunctional uh, uh, pairing. Yeah, for sure. Well, look, let's move on and talk about the SA and the Phil. The Maggies travelled to Elizabeth on Saturday and, uh, and came away with an impressive 39 point victory. 15 goals, eight to nine goals, five. Johnny Butcher, what Butcher. a superstar. Six goals. Who saw that Butcher. coming? Luke Butch. Reynolds and Tommy Gray kicked uh, two goals each as well. Uh, pretty interesting game, I guess. Um, you know, Central's uh, came out of the blocks and kicked five goals to two in the first quarter, but it was all Port Adelaide after that. And you certainly look at the stat sheet, and um, I didn't get to see the game, but um, I wonder just how, how we played because we had well over 100 more disposals. We had almost 100 more marks. Uh, we, we had a number of players get high 30 disposals and, you know, double-figure marks and all that who, sorts of stuff. So, who racked up the, a lot of the ball? Well, Jim, Jimmy Tumpus had 39 touches, 13 marks, six inside 50s and a goal. So that's, uh, that's wow. pretty, pretty big figures there. Paul Stewart had 38 touches, 18 marks, four tackles. Uh, so you, you, you would think we might have been uh, chipping the ball around a little bit. Uh, Sammy Cahoon, as we know, he's, uh, he's a big ball winner. He had 30 touches and 15 marks. Sammy Gray, in some good form, he had 30 touches, 10 tackles, 11 clearances. Uh, but it was all about the butch. Nine marks, six goals. What a gun. And what was the feedback from the uh, forums about his new kicking action? Did anyone well, he's pass had it all year. He, he's had a noticeable change to his kicking action all year. He, he's sort of uh, he's running now before he kicks the ball as opposed to... Previously, he'd sort of you know take three or four steps and, and that'd be about it. But... Uh, you know, he's, he's having a pretty, you know, bit of a sort of Dennis Lilly run up and um, having, a, having a big run before he sort of uh, has the shot. And he's dropping the ball a little bit better, which is good. Uh, so he's certainly worked on it. And, you know, he's had a really good year, Johnny Butcher. So with our shortage of forwards and the question mark over Jay Shields, if he could continue racking up some good performances, would you give him a one more one-year contract? I'd like to see how he goes at AFL level. I'm, I'm not sure he'll get a go this week, just because with Schultz back, Dixon, Westhoff, I'm not sure we're going to play four key forwards, especially if it's going to be a bit drizzly on Thursday night. Um, but I would like to see him get another crack at some point this year, uh, just to see what he can do. And look, if he can play some decent footy, uh, then by all means. I mean, as you've said, we don't have too many other options at the moment. You know, we've got Dixon as our key forward. We've got Schultz, who's 31, probably going to retire. Westhoff's 30. Uh, Dougal's done his ACL, and that's it. So, you know, we, we really need to, um, I don't know, either, either either find some other forwards from somewhere or invest some more time in Johnny Butcher. Yeah. It's interesting. It'll be interesting to see what happens, but uh, hopefully you can back it up. Yeah. What is interesting is uh, Mason Shaw's kicked 31 goals in 13 uh, waffle games so far this year. So, right. Maybe we were a little bit uh, too early in, in getting rid of Mace. Yeah, well, I guess it just goes back to that previous um, comment that I was saying about you know, drawing a line through uh, players too quickly. Mm. But, yeah, who knows? But, interesting. What about Pollock? How did he go? Uh, 28 touches, 6 marks. Um, looks like he got a lot of the ball, so that's a, that's a good thing. Jesse Palmer, super consistent as always. 22 touches, 11 marks and a goal. So that was good for him as well. Archie was a little bit quiet, I guess. Um, Do you, but yeah, you know, it's going to be interesting to see who comes into the side. I mean, is it, is it worth um, us giving Jimmy Tumpus another crack? Because he's had some pretty decent form in the SANFL and maybe it was a little bit harsh getting rid of him um, after the, the first Richmond game this year. Who do, you, uh, who do you get rid of, uh, Jimmy Tumpus, to come on the side? Well, I'm not too sure. Maybe, um, I don't know, maybe Carl Amon. Yeah? Might, you what, might you be think a bit vanilla a... for you, Carl? I thought Carl was actually pretty good on the weekend. On, uh, you, on wanna, you, wanna, you wanna drop him for Jimmy Tumpus? I, I think Jimmy Tumpus deserves another crack. 
Um, so yeah, I mean, I'm sure we'll find someone to come out. If, uh, well, I was, I was shocked if that we, we go in that direction. I was shocked we played Mitchell over a Tumpus, to be honest. So, yeah. But now I can see Mitchell maybe playing on Sam Mitchell. Now, that would be pretty cool, wouldn't it? Well, that'll be Mitchell a, on Mitchell. A re- I think that's bound to happen. I think that's going to be a really good matchup, to be honest. Yeah. I think that's going to be an absolute cracker. Because we know that Sam Mitchell can uh, lose the plot a little bit. <laughs> and I reckon yeah. uh, with the amount of niggle that Kane had on, uh, on Friday night, there's bound to be an all in brawl at some point. Yeah. And, I mean, I would just say lock Mitchell down. It's just. Uh, and I think that's why we've been so successful against Hawthorne because yeah. we just always pay attention to Mitchell and lock him down, and uh, and other teams don't to their detriment. So and that's where Kane Corns was fantastic. He uh, you know his uh, performances on Sam Mitchell, he's a fantastic player. Yeah, uh, has always been amazing. And yeah, would sure. you like to would you like to see Chad Wingard line up on Luke Hodge? Oh, it'd be a great matchup, wouldn't it? Well, it'd be great to see any... what would happen. As long as it's not near a point post or something. <laughs> exactly right. <laughs> Look, Billy Frampton was also pretty good on the weekend as well. We've obviously spoken a lot about Ruckman this podcast, but he had 18 touches, 7 marks, uh, 20 hitouts, and 4 clearances. So a pretty, pretty good day out for him. Probably his best performance um, as a pure Ruckman at SANFL level. And he's probably still, what, a couple of years away, though, from AFL football, do you reckon? Oh, I think he could probably get a go next year if, if need be. Yeah. You think he might be ready? I think he's uh, he's getting close. Yeah, I think he's a lot closer than what um, than what some people think, to be honest. But yeah, well, I guess there was people thinking that he might have got a call up over Dougal Howard at the start of the year. Yeah, well, look, Dougs was coming from a long way back. He had a not a disappointing year last year, but he had a pretty quiet year last year. You know, he was sort of um, moved from sort of full forward to full back, and you know, played some pretty decent sort of defensive jobs at times and. Didn't really get a lot of the ball, and he just, you know, shot his uh, his name forward quite dramatically through the preseason. So, um, you know, jumped past a few players. So, uh, hopefully, Billy might be able to do the same thing next year. Fingers crossed. Hmm. Well, I reckon that's it, mate. Yeah, I'm I'm struggling with the energy meter. Struggling. I I've got a bit of man flu, so I've battled on man flu as I uh, as I do dedicated to our show. Uh, yeah, get just... the Vicks in the wheat bag out, mate. And just remember, for anyone in Adelaide, or you could be in a, anywhere around Australia because we've got the online tax service as well. Uh, if you just say Jackson sent you, we'll, we'll do your tax from ninety nine for eighty eight bucks for a standard individual tax return. So uh, there you go. They're already starting to pump through. So it's a busy, busy time of the year. That's it. Awesome. Too easy. Well, join us again on Thursday night for uh, for Porsche and no, Rick. No. No. Oh, Wednesday night. Yeah. Ah, of course. Of course. Yes. Thursday. Yeah. Wednesday night. Unless Porsche and I are doing it live from the ground. Oh, that'd be good. Wouldn't that be awesome? That'd be great. Yeah. And me and you might have a, a little surprise to announce in a couple of weeks' time, but we won't say anything just yet. No, let's... Uh, fingers crossed. Yeah, fingers <laughs> crossed. I know you're really excited. Watch this space. Watch this space. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, don't forget to uh, to support the uh, the other shows on the Port Fan Radio Network as well. The uh, the Game yes. Day podcast, obviously our show, uh, the Alberton Front Bar, um, Matt Sullivan, all those Matt Sullivan's as well. The um, pair that was on us before. The pair. Yep. If only we had the video production skills of what the pair guys do. Oh, it'd be good, wouldn't it? <laughs> Who wants to see time. my face though, man? I've got a head like a robber's dog, so. <laughs> Mate, I'm, I'm, I'm more than happy doing this anonymously at this at this point in time. Hey, there's one woman out there that loves you, outside of your mum. <laughs> yeah, my wife. <laughs> <laughs> you know what you need? You need the Ivan Milat moan. <laughs> Maybe that's my problem. Yeah. Come on, grow one, grow one with me. Yeah. yeah Maybe do not. It. Do Maybe it. Maybe not. Nah, coward. That's it. All right, awesome. guys. Have a good one. Can the pair. Go the butcher. Butcher. Franco, the running Francis, it's deafening at Footy Park. It's like finals footy at Tretray Marks at half board. He's lifted as well, Tretray. Five marks for him this afternoon to the goal square. Chad Corns is the man of the moment. Can't do it this time. Stewie Jew, right with